What a mighty God. Thank you, Jesus. All right. Good to be in the house of the Lord. Thank you for being here. You can be seated tonight. Thank you for being in the house of the Lord. Thank you for singing, darling. Beautiful tonight. Appreciate everyone, music, media, sound. Thank you guys for what you do. And it seems like uh, lately uh, we've had the Lord leading us in lessons of faith. A couple of Monday nights ago toward the end of service talked about God giving us that measure of faith and how sometimes we make faith a lot more difficult than it is. That, you know, we, we try to twist it and turn it into some deep theological equation that we can't figure out, and so we frustrate ourselves and just realize that faith is faith. See how, how simple faith is? When God called Abraham to, to come out of his country, it says he went. Hebrews says, by faith. He just put one foot in front of the other. Faith. You know, so uh, thankful for that. Then this Sunday, you know, uh, the way the Lord led the service and, and even Jake got into part of his message about the mustard seed and the different aspects of faith and then just felt led to pray for God to release that gift of faith in our people. And uh, I think God's trying to, to get us ready for something. I feel like as he led his 12 disciples when he walked here that he was leading them on a walk of faith. He was going to make them into something and for them to see that, they would have to walk by faith. Even though they could see him, they still had to believe him. And so... Uh, they walked by faith and they followed him till they became what he desired them to be. And they learned what it was like to have faith and what it was like to not have faith. They saw things that they prayed for that didn't happen. And then they saw things that they prayed for that did happen. So tonight I want to uh, talk about, continue in talking about faith tonight I want to read in Daniel chapter 3, and you can just stay seated for the reading uh, tonight. I'm just going to read and uh, get into this. I want you to listen, take notes, let God speak to your heart tonight. Uh, I want our faith, uh, you know, to be... Oh, I mentioned when the disciples said increase our faith. I don't know that it was uh, so much that they wanted a bigger amount of faith as that it was... They wanted to increase in it. Just like when John said, I must decrease, but he must increase. I want to live more of my life by faith. I want more aspects of my life to be covered by faith. Not just the good times, but the bad times. And not just the bad times, but the good times. Some people are on either side of that coin. Sometimes they never have faith till things go wrong. Some people only have faith when things go right. I want faith to be with me at all times. Daniel chapter 3, verse 16 through 18 is where we'll read, of course. If you've turned there, you already know what we're talking about. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. If it be so, our God, whom we serve, he's able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace. And he will deliver us out of thy hand, O king. But if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. Tonight I want to preach on this thought, but if not the paradox of faith, but if not. Let's pray together tonight for the lesson. Pray for your pastor tonight. Lord, we love you tonight. Thank you for your word, for your presence that we feel tonight. God, we thank you for the gift of faith. Tonight, Lord, let our faith increase as we hear from the word. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by your word. So tonight, God, we just want faith to be released in this building. We want to receive it in good ground. We ask it in Jesus' name, and everyone said amen. Now clap your hands to the Lord. 
What a great God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But if not, amen. I want to read a, something to kind of put uh, in perspective uh, to go along with our reading tonight. Um, I don't know if any of you have ever heard of Vice Admiral, Admiral James Stockdale. He was a prisoner of war from the Vietnam conflict. He was a, a pilot, and he was shot down over enemy territory in September of 1965, and he spent eight years as a POW. After he was released, Stockdale was asked, how did you survive? His response will actually give us a little insight and a great truth that applies to our walk with God. He answered, I never lost faith in the end of the story. I never doubted not only that we would get out, but also that I would prevail in the end and turn the experience into the defining event in my life which, in retrospect, I would not trade. The reporter asked him, well, who did not make it out? He said, that's easy, the optimist. They were the ones who said, we're going to be out by Christmas, and Christmas would come and go, and we'd still be here. Then they would say, well, we're going to be out by Easter, and Easter would come and go, and we would still be here. And then, well, we'll be out by Thanksgiving, and Thanksgiving would come and go, and then... It would be Christmas again. He said, these people died of a broken heart. The Stockdale, Admiral Stockdale's approach to his situation actually has uh, been turned into a study, and they call this the Stockdale Paradox. And what it amounts to is that you maintain the right perspective. You hold on to hope for the future, while honestly confronting the current reality. That sounds a lot like our life with God, don't it? We hold on to hope for the future while we are honestly confronting what we're going through right now. Because what we're going through right now, that is our reality. And when we walk with God, if it's going to be successful, any successful walk with God, is about maintaining the right perspective, seeing what I'm going through through his eyes, through the light of eternity. And our faith allows us to face our current realities of life, yet never cease trusting that God will provide a better future. Now, you know, we pray sometimes for many things, and we want many things, but I have learned this that God's answer is always best. Now, sometimes God's answer lines up with my prayer. I pray for a certain thing, and that's the way he answers. Oftentimes, it does not line up with what I have prayed, but guess what? It's still his answer. Whether he answers me according to my prayer or not, it's still his answer. And every answer that God gives is going to be the right answer. God's never wrong. He's never wrong. He never makes mistakes. He's never off his game. Whatever he decides to answer comes from him. And if it comes from him, it's the best answer. But it's our view of that that oftentimes determines whether we will keep going or quit, whether we're going to survive or whether we're going to die. Now, today in this current uh, society, the world we live in today, uh, the concept of faith is contaminated. It, it no longer represents what uh, is taught about faith in Scripture. When the word faith is mentioned today, it's often within the context of um, the American paradigm and then uh, aligned with a story in which someone is uh, headed for a disaster and they confidently command God to act. But invariably, God arrives like the Calvary, 
saves the person just in the nick of time, and then the ending is happy and neat. And that's what we like, for God to show up. He's an on-time God. Yes, he is. You know, we might not come when you want him, but he'll all be there right on time. We love that. that that's the way that the only view of faith that a lot of people have today, and it's like we say this and God has to act. It's like we're forcing the hand of God in these things. But, but what about the other side of faith? Because there is another side of faith. That's the side of faith that leaves us wondering, why didn't God answer in the way that I prayed for? That's the side that leaves me wondering, why didn't I get that job? Why didn't I get the promotion? Why did I not pass that test? Why am I still sick? Why did I lose a loved one? That's the other side of faith. That's the paradox of faith. And when we look into Daniel, where we started out in this lesson tonight, in this, in this book, with, when you, read, you start off reading about great things, but you read about fiery furnaces and den of lions. Man, it's in the book of Daniel. It is a picture of faith's finest hour. It is faith just at its greatest, what we long for our faith to be even. It's, it's that kind of faith that it's, got, it's like faith with combat boots. It's, it's not going to lose. It's, it's going to, it's going to go march right into battle. It's going to win. And let me tell you what it's not. It's not faith in faith. We've got to get out of this um, game of having faith only in faith. In Daniel, you read about them having faith in God. And there is a difference. When you have faith in faith, you believe, well, if I pray enough, if I fast enough, if I'm good enough, that bad things won't happen. God will always act in the way that I instruct him. Listen, faith in faith will leave you discouraged. Faith in faith will leave you frustrated. Faith in faith will leave you heartbroken. But faith in God, that's confidence. It's confidence in the character of God. It's having the perspective that Admiral Stockdale had. It's, you, you see the end. You have faith in the end of the story. He, he believed uh, when he was a captive that he had inner strength to survive, that he could make it. And in the end, he thrived despite his difficulties. He had faith even though he was a prisoner. He had hope even though he was locked up. It was a paradox. His faith also allowed him to trust God's timing. He understood, well, we might not be home by Christmas. It's not about my timing, it's about the Lord. And when we read about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, it reminds us about this same paradox of faith. Because in uh, this chapter, in this story, they face uh, the trial that people of faith, all of us will ultimately confront. We are going to be in a place where we will either take the easy way out or we will simply trust God in the face of a fiery furnace. That's why one man says, think it not strange, the fiery trial that is to try you as though some strange thing happened unto you. It's coming to all of us as we walk and serve God. But we trust God who the scripture says is the author and the finisher of our faith. Praise God. The three uh, Hebrew boys, they were among captives that were carried off into captivity and they refused to bow down to Nebuchadnezzar's image. And when they responded, I'll remind you, they said, we are not careful to answer you in this matter. And then they began to pronounce faith. If it be so, our God who we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace and he will deliver us out of your hand. But if not, they didn't just have faith in faith, they had faith in God. They said, but if not, we still won't take the easy way out. We will not serve your gods nor worship the golden image 
which you have set up. No matter what happens, our life is in the hand of God. And so faith in this instance is teaching us something. It's, uh, the Word of God is teaching us something about faith. It's giving us the perspective that we need to have about this paradox of faith. And number one is a great one right off the bat. We are not pressured to have the answer. So many times as God's children, we feel like we have to have the answer for the problem that we're facing. But when you have faith, it takes that responsibility away from you because you will drive yourself insane trying to figure out how is God, how am I going to tell God how to work this out or how is God going to work this out? I don't have the answer and it's driving me crazy. I can't sleep. That's the good thing about faith. It'll let you lie your head down in peace at night because you trust that God has got it in his hand. I gave it to him, and he's going to take care of it. And, and I, I'm not pressured to have the answer. As a young minister, even a young pastor, one of the hardest, hardest things to do is when you have to go to a hospital or go and you pray with someone that the doctors have said, there's little time left because Many times people want answers. And believe it or not, your pastor doesn't always have the answer. But he's had faith. And I remember years ago, oh my goodness, it was, I was terrified. I, I, this lady, that, we were in a service one night and a guy that was preaching, he, he called me out and I mean just in the microphone, just he, he, he spoke something over me, which I was, well that'd be awesome if that's true, you know, he said, but he said, God's going to use you in the gift of healing and things like that. And I knew immediately. I said, man, I'm fixing to have people lining up, and I don't feel like I'm nobody. And, I mean, immediately this sister in the church called me and said, my brother's at home. They sent him home, and he's got cancer. And, and so will you go pray for him? And I knew what she was expecting because of that night. And, and oh, I was just terrified. But I went, and I prayed. And about a week later, he passed away. It happens. We don't always have the answers. It's like, how do you reconcile your faith in God as a healer when in spite of our prayers, people die? But that's why I said earlier that there is a representation of faith today that is not scriptural. Because if you read the Bible... It is full of people who have faith and they didn't always live because it wasn't about me, it was about them. They were running their race. And so while walking with God is about walking with faith to live by, it is also about being prepared to die in faith. Listen, 2 Timothy 4 Paul said this, verses 6 and 7. For I am now ready to be offered. And the time of my departure is at hand. He wasn't talking about leaving that city. He was talking about leaving this world. And then he said, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Instead of asking for an extension, he said, this is where I'm at a great man of faith, but it's over. I am leaving this world, but I have kept what I walked by. I have kept what I lived by. And now when I die, I will die in faith. In Hebrews 11 and 13, it says, these all died in faith. Who's all these? But when you start that chapter, you read about Abel, Enoch, Noah, Abraham, and Sarah talks about all the things that went on in their lives and it sums them up saying, these all died in faith. In verse 22, it says, by faith, Joseph, when he died. And then when you go to verse 35 through 37, we'll see how that they did not accept, or it says, 
Others were tortured, not accepting deliverance that they might obtain a better resurrection. And it says, others had trials of crude mocking, scourges, moreover bonds of imprisonment. And then they were stoned, sawn asunder, tempted, slain with the sword, wandered about in sheepskins, goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, and tormented. That is the sum at the end of the lives of people who had faith, but they wouldn't trade anything for it because they didn't die without faith. They died in faith. They knew what God was doing. We don't just live in faith. We finish in faith. The Bible says uh, that one day we would receive the end of our faith, even the salvation of our souls. And so it's not just about living because the just shall live by faith. We live by faith. We know that. But we also finish in faith. The second paradox of this faith is this. What we find in the Hebrew boy's uh, statement, also we find out through the scripture, is that, hey, God is able. That's what they said in their answer. They said, we want you to know that our God whom we serve is able to deliver us. And that's what uh, Mark 16 and 18, or actually Ephesians 3 and 20, uh, we quote this all the time. Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. When we uh, start proclaiming that God is able, this is the place where we put our faith boldly in God's word. We confidently confess what God has declared in his word. When we have faith like this, it recognizes that God cannot act contrary to his word. He is bound by whatever he has spoken because his word is forever settled in heaven. And we, have, and we know that God's able to do it, so we speak that. It's like we, we quote Mark 16 and 18 all the time that we will lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. In James 5 and 15, we talk about praying, calling the elders, and the prayer of faith shall save the sick. Isaiah 35 and 5 tells us uh, he was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquity. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. And we, we claim these things, and then Mark 11, 23 through 24 Jesus said, I say unto you that whosoever sh shall say unto this mountain, be removed and be cast in the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them and ye shall have them. That's faith. That's faith. That's one side of that coin, confidence, faith. God is able. God can. God will. He's going to do it. I know what his word says. We have to believe that. You have to have that side of faith. The third part of this paradox is that uh, the confession that, hey, God will deliver. He will come through. If he did it, we say it all the time, if he did it for them, he'll do it for you. If he did it for me, he'll do it for you. We're always confident that God will deliver. The kings wondered, could God deliver? The king ran to the den of lions after Daniel spent a night. Oh, Daniel, it's the God you serve continually. Was he able to deliver you and keep you? And Oh, king, live forever. The answer came from the bottom of that den of lions, and people were shocked that this man could spend the night in a den of lions. And even... Uh, King Nebuchadnezzar, when he called Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego out of the fiery furnace because he saw that fourth man walking with them, and he began to say, who can deliver after this sort? There's no God that can deliver like this. And, and that's what we have to believe, that God will deli deliver us. God's going to come through for us. That's our confession of faith for the believer in Christ, our deliverance comes whether we live or die. And that's what they said. 
He's either going to get us out of the furnace, but either way, he will deliver us from you. We'll be out of your hand. And to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. However it happens, uh, we will be delivered. When we see the plan of God clearly from the standpoint of eternity, we understand that our faith is not lessened by what happens in the present. What we see, just because we see doesn't mean, hey, can I tell you this? Just because we see doesn't mean we don't have faith. We, we quote that scripture all the time, for we walk by faith and not by sight. Got it. But that doesn't mean we're blind. Abraham wasn't blind. God told him, said, look, everything you see is yours. And then he said, now start walking. And the thing, you'll walk farther than you can see. And that's yours too. That's faith. And so when we say, for we walk by faith, that means our walk is powered by faith not by sight. My, my walk with God is not powered by what I see, but because I have faith in him, I see all kind of things. Faith in God's word is what caused Abraham to start walking through the land, not just staying right there with what he could see. And so people think this is the way Christians live. I'm just trusting you, God. <laughs> he come to open blinded eyes. It said, when God comes to save you, blinded eyes will be open. And so, uh, you know, we, we, people say, oh, it's blind faith, it's blind faith. No, it's just faith. It's faith first. And, and God don't want you tripping and falling and slipping. And, and God's not, you know, he, he ain't giving you, a, you know, a little cane to tap around. So you can walk. No. He, he, he wants you to see where you're going, he, but he wants you to walk by faith. He didn't blind Abraham and said, now come out of your land. We walk by faith. Not by sight. We went, well, that kind of faith is like, you show me something and I'll start serving you. You let me see something and I'll start serving you. But that's not the way we live. We, we walk by faith and not by sight. So we understand that our faith is not lessened by what happens in this present visible realm that we live in. Just because I see stuff going doesn't mean my faith is less. I have to have faith. Faith allows us to see the eternal plan of God, the end of things. We don't look. Well, let's, let's see what Paul says, 2 Corinthians 4, and, and uh, through 13 through uh, 18. It, it, it lines up so good with this. He said, We have in the same spirit of faith, according as it has written, I believed, therefore have I spoken. That's what we've been talking about, that confession of faith that we have. We also believe and therefore speak knowing that he which raised up the Lord Jesus shall raise us up also by Jesus and shall present us with you for all things are for your sakes that the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many redound to the glory of God. For which cause we faint not. But though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, works for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, the things that are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. In other words, we have faith in the end of the story. We know that God will deliver, that God will come through. Paul said that God's going to get the glory either way. Now, look at Philippians 1 and 20, what Paul said here. He said, according to my earnest expectation and my hope that in nothing... I shall be ashamed, but that with all boldness as always, so now also Christ shall be magnified in my body, whether it be by life or by death. In other words, when I pray and ask God to do this, I need to pray, say, Lord, I need you to do this, but if not, it will not change my view of you. It will not change my faith in you. It will not change my faith and my belief in who I am to you. Don't think just because God did not answer that he was not listening. Like I said, whatever answer God gives, it came from him. And God's answer will always be the best. It's always going to be for the eternal purpose. Because God's not so much concerned with the temporary as he is the eternal. And if 
if he can give somebody 15 more years, he did that to one king, to Hezekiah. He gave him 15 more years. Uh, but if it's going to affect your eternity, you may not get 15 more years. He needs you to come on now. It's, it's, so if he's either going to deliver you, but if not, if you pray for a job, God, I need this job, and if it's your will, it may happen. But if not, I know that you're going to come through because you supply all my needs according to your riches and glory. I know that, that uh, you've got my best interest. Or I know you're going to provide for me because you are my provider. And then this fourth and final uh, part of this paradox, it's the most powerful part, and it's the title of our message tonight, is the ability for us to say, but if not. But if not. We have to have faith in what God does, and we have to have faith in what he does not. I can't just have faith for what he does. I have to have faith for what he does not. Even when I can't see it, he's working. You know, We have to trust him, even though we have to be like Job. I, I can't perceive him. I can't see him working. I don't know what. I just know that he knows the way I take. When he's tried me, I'll come forth as gold. He, he said these things, this faith he had in God. He believed in God. He trusted God. And he didn't just trust in what God could do. He trusted in what God didn't do. And if sometimes when, uh, you, you know, it's just like a parent. You, you tell your kid, no, and they don't throw a, they're going to throw a fix. They don't understand, and you're like, just trust me. No is the right answer. You're, you're letting them know. You don't get it, but I do because I am grown up. I'm your parent. I understand a few things about living in this world. That's why I'm telling you, you cannot jump off the roof with an umbrella. I know it won't work. So no, and you don't allow it. And then they realize when they get a little older, I would have broke my neck if I had jumped off that second-story house with that umbrella. Mary Poppins is just a movie. It's not, you know, so yeah, you know, just because the Three Stooges could do it, it don't mean that you can do it. It's, that's fake. That's fantasy. And so as a parent, we can help a child understand that and preserve their life for a little while longer but they just need to they have to get over it they have to believe well that's my mom that's my dad they have my best interest at heart in other words can I jump off the roof no but if not I'll still love you you're, you know yeah that's it well sometimes God tells us no you can't do this right now no you can't have this no this is not going to work no I'm not going to answer that way and we have to be able to say but if not when you can say but if not, that means that you trust in the sovereignty of God. And that is the most powerful ingredient of biblical faith. It's when you embrace God's ultimate sovereignty. Understanding that His sovereignty supersedes whatever we see, what we understand, and what we can explain. God knows it all. We don't. God sees it all. We don't. God understands it all. We don't, but he just asks us, trust me. I know enough about him that I believe I can trust him. He died for me. I believe I can trust him. He filled me with the Holy Ghost. I believe that I can trust him. Uh, I've, seen, I've tasted and seen that the Lord, I, Lord is good. I believe I can trust him with uh, my life. He is sovereign in Job chapter 1. Verse 21, Job speaks of his sovereignty when he said, Naked came I out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return thither. The Lord gave, and the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I trust him if he's given. I trust him if he's taken away. He's the perfect giver. He's the perfect taker. If he's taken it away, I didn't need it. If he hasn't given it, I don't need it. I told somebody this not too long ago. I said, if you're praying for something and God hasn't given you that, then you don't need it. The Bible says he shall supply all of your needs. If you don't have it yet, then you don't need it yet. Oh, I need this. If it ain't there, you probably don't need it yet. You think you do. You want it so bad you think you need it. 
There's a difference. Oh, I ain't saying it's easy. Waiting is not easy. But you've got to trust God. You've got to trust that he, you've got to trust in the sovereignty of God. When you trust in his sovereignty, it's not only trusting God's power, but it's also trusting in his plan and his purpose. So we believe in his power, and a lot of times that's where we stop. I know God can do anything. He can, but he's not just shooting wild. With, well, I'm just going, pow, pow, answering prayers. Pow, 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 pow. God is methodical. He's a builder. He's a creator. He's a planner. The Lamb of God slain from the foundation of the world. There was a plan in place all along. He's always had a plan, and God's a thinker. And he, he, everything is, is order to what he does. He, says, he tells us, let everything be done decently and in order. He's not, he's not the God of chaos. He's God of order. And so he knows. So we, we trust his power. Ooh, fill me with the Holy. You shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost. And see, that's, that's a lot of times that's where we stop. That's where a lot of people stop when they don't get any more teaching. And the Holy Ghost to them is about running and jumping and flipping and rolling and shaking people and grabbing people and spitting in their face and, and, and just praying in tongues as loud as you can pray. But the Bible says the Holy Ghost is a comforter, that it's a, a guide, that it will guide you into all truth. And so, uh, and see, that's trusting the plan. Uh, the, the Spirit helpeth our infirmities. We, we let it pray and make intercession for us because we don't know what to pray because it knows the plan. And so we have to trust the plan of God, not just the the power of God. Yeah, I know he created everything. I know he can do anything. I know he's never lost. I know he can't lie. I know all the powerful stuff about God. But don't you know that your steps are ordered in his word? Though the steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord. Don't you know that God has got a path for you to walk? Follow me. That's direction. I will make you fishers of men. It's going to take some time. You'll have to follow me to do that. You can't just run everywhere and one day that from way off somewhere, I'm going to make you a fisher of men just because uh, you said, yeah, Lord, I'll go. Yeah, Lord, I believe in who you are. No, you've got to keep following him. You've got to have faith in his plan and his purpose. So Job said that he's the a, he's a giver. He, he takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I believe in God's sovereignty. I believe in what God's doing. In chapter 9 and verse 12, Job said this about God. He said that, um, I think I gave you that, Job 9 and 12. He said, Behold, he taketh away who can hinder him, and who will say unto him, What doest thou? Who can, hey God, what are you doing? What do you think you're doing? This is my life. What do you think you're doing? That's why it's not like he's talking about somebody's got an innocent inquisition to him. Like, hey, God, could you let me in on the plan? No. He's like, who can say to him, this is my life. What are you doing? I know you're the creator and all these things, but this is my life. What are you doing? Can the, the pot say to the, the potter, what are you making out of me? The clay don't talk back to the potter. The potter has power over the clay. And so we, we are the same way with him. We are the clay. He's the potter. And so we have to be in submission, stay on the wheel. This age of my life, I get very dizzy and sick when I spin around. Sometimes I feel like I get very dizzy and sick on this wheel. When is this ride going to stop? But God's making something. God's doing something. So I, I trust in his sovereignty. Uh, even in as far back Deuteronomy 4 and 39, you'll see uh, Israel talking about his sovereignty. And, uh, Deuteronomy 4 and 39. There it is. Know therefore this day, consider it in your heart, that the Lord, he's God in heaven and earth. 
There's nobody else. There's nowhere to get a second opinion. You talk to God and God tells you something, don't come to me to try to find you a loophole with God. He's the final authority. I prayed about it, Pastor. I really did. What do you think about this? <laughs> don't take that off his plate and give it to me. No. I, I think whatever God told you, that's what I think. And, uh, because God, the Lord, he's God, just him. He's God in heaven. He's God in earth. That's it. Nobody else. He's the final say. He's the authority. It's the Lord. Hero is the Lord our God's one Lord. There's nowhere. He said, look unto me. All the ends of the earth to be saved. There's nowhere else to look. Trust in my sovereignty. Trust in what I do. And then finally in the New Testament, we see it summed up in a verse we quote all the time, Romans 8 and 28. And we know, you've heard me preach this and stop right there. This is something we ought to know, that all things work together for good. The things that come to pass and the things that we say, but if not about. We know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. It's going to happen. He's sovereign. You've got to trust him no matter what's happening, we've got to trust him. We've got to be able to say, but if not. Because there is a reason. I may not know the reason, but I know that there is a reason. You've heard me say many times, I don't have to know why as long as I know that there is a why. And that's what God says. You know, I know the thoughts I think toward you. I know the plans that I have for you I know, I, to give you an expected end. He said, I, I, know, I know what I've got planned for you. I know. So trust me. I know the life I've got lived out for you, lined up for you. It's, it's just waiting. If you'll just trust me, if you'll follow me, you'll hit every point you're supposed to hit. You hear that? You'll never get off on the wrong exit if you're following God. If we follow him, if, we, if the Lord is my shepherd, man, if we follow our shepherd, we shall not want. We're not going to miss a meal. We're not going to miss anything we're supposed to have. We're going to have, if you're willing, he said, and obedient, you're going to eat the good of the land. So when I trust him and follow him, I promise you, he'll never say, wow, should have took you this way because you would have got... God knows right where to lead you, where to guide you, so you'll have exactly what you're supposed to have in your life. That's why you don't want to leave God. You don't want to stop serving God because life don't stop, time don't stop, and when you walk away from God or turn your back on God, you're missing things. That's when you miss things. You'll miss things that you could have been doing, should have been doing. There's a difference. Some things we could have been doing, but some things we should have been doing. And some people that should have been about the Lord's business, but they decided they didn't want to do that. I'd rather live my own way. I'd rather live up my own life. And so now uh, they're not doing what they should be doing. That's where you miss out. Listen, we've got to have that kind of faith that says, look, but if not, God, I've prayed for this, and I'm asking you to send me this, but if not, I'm still going to keep walking this walk because most importantly, I need to fulfill the calling that you put on my life. So there is a reason even if you don't know it. Because he, he, he told us, he said, look, my ways are higher than your ways. They're different than you, what you think. You, you don't always understand what I'm doing. Even in one place, I think the Lord said, right now you don't understand what I'm doing, but you will. There'll be a time. God, we won't be in the dark forever. Remember, the, the admiral's paradox was that he had faith in the end of the story. He believed, and that's us. We've got to have faith in the end. He, the, the admiral, he didn't just survive, he thrived. He emerged from that ordeal. He came out of that eight years of being a prisoner stronger, maybe not in his body. Maybe he lost weight. Maybe he was because they didn't feed him, or maybe they tortured him some, beat him some. I don't know what all he went through, but, but he didn't lose faith in the end of the story. And that's what walking with God is about. Let's, let's stand together tonight. Walking with God is about your story. Not just the beginning, 
That's our testimony, man. That's, you know, we, we've got that testimony and we need it. But, you know, the only thing, Peter didn't just go around, the only thing he ever said about the Lord was one day I was fishing and he said, follow me. That's not the only story he told. But it's also about the middle. But it's not just about the beginning and the middle. It's about the end. It's about finishing well. It's about hearing him say, well done, good and faithful servant. It's about the end of the story. As Paul said, the time of my departure is at hand. And I'm ready to be offered. I'm ready. I have finished. I have fought. And I have kept. I finished my course. I fought a good fight. And I kept the faith. He, he talked about beginning, middle, and now this is the end. And at the end, I can say I have kept everything that God gave me. The end of our story is going to be great. It is. In the book of Revelation, chapter 21, in 4 it says, And God shall wipe away all tears from our eyes. There shall be no more death and neither sorrow nor crying. Neither shall there be any more pain for the former things are passed away. And then in, over in verse 22, the first three verses, and he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. In the midst of the street of it on either side of the river was there the tree of life it bare twelve manner of fruit yielded her fruit every month and the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations and there shall be no more curse but the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it and his servants shall serve him it's not just about the beginning not just about the middle but it's about the end walking with God is about all three of those things and walking with God is about this paradox of faith. Knowing that God is able, saying that he will deliver, but also understanding, but if not, you're still the God who saved me. You're still the God who washed me with your blood. You're still the God who filled me with his spirit. You're still the God that's going to uh, speak to me one day and say, well done, good and faithful servant. One day I will stand before you, Lord. Even Job said that. He, he knew with all that he went through, he still knew. One day I shall see God for myself and not another. He knew one day uh, it'll come down uh, to, to seeing him face to face. And that's why he would say, I will not let go of my integrity. I will not curse God and die. But I will serve him because he's the Lord that gives. And he's the Lord that takes away Blessed be the name of the Lord. So while tonight, while she's playing, why don't we come in the altar and pray and ask God to help us tonight with our faith. Maybe you have a prayer that you've been pestering God about. Maybe tonight, just come and leave it here and say, God, I've prayed this and this is the answer I'd like, but if not, I'm going to trust whatever you do. I'm going to trust however you answer because whatever answer it is, It'll be yours. Let's pray. The hour is dark. It's hard to see what you are doing here in this moment and where this will be.
You know, before we before we get out of here tonight, I will say this about that opening scripture and those three Hebrew guys. I don't know if they're brothers, if they how they knew each other. They were there together, so they did have a little human advantage there, I guess, in the fact that. They weren't by themselves. It wasn't just one person standing up saying, but if not. They either had two more with them. And I tell you, it's a lot easier sometimes standing when you know you got. The Bible says two's better than one. But if two's better than one, three's got to be better than two. So, if the principal stands. But they had somebody with them that would say, hey, I'm going to be here with you while you're standing. And I know you got a situation and you're wondering what God's going to do and if he decides not to do what you're asking, I want you to know you're not going to be by yourself but you'll still have somebody with you. Somebody to go through it with you. Because regardless, all three were going into the fire. Well, we're going to all be tried. It's going to come to all of us. And what we need to do tonight is let our brothers and sisters know that, hey, I'm going to be here with you. When you lift your voice up and say, God, this is what I need, but if not, I'm going to be here for you if he decides not so that you don't lose your faith, so that you'll know somebody's in the fire with you. Why don't you take somebody by the hand if you can, somebody beside you. and let's, If you can, if y'all can stand, or you can stay there, but just lift these hands up. And let's begin to pray for the one that you're, whoever you've got to hold up, pray for them on either side of you right now. Say, Lord, I'm going to be with them. Lord, I'm praying strength over them. I'm praying confidence over them, Lord, that they'll believe not just in your power, but in your plan. And Lord, tonight as we all say, God, here's our need, but if not, let my brother and sister know that I'm going to be with them. (laughs) That I'll walk into the fire with them. (laughs) And I'll walk out of it with them. We'll walk around in it as long as it takes. But we're not going to come out till it's time. Lord, tonight, bless these people with faith in the name of Jesus. Not just faith in what you will do, but faith in what you won't do sometimes. Lord God, we trust your plan. We have confidence in the end of the story. Jesus, by your power. Lord, we don't just have faith in faith, but we have faith in you. We believe you tonight, God, our Savior, our King, in heaven above and on earth beneath. Oh, come on now, clap your hands and shout to him. I'm going to make it through, I'm going to make it through, I'm going to make it through. Look at the Lord just moving right now. Jesus, bless her right now, God. Hallelujah! And young ladies done been filled with the Holy Ghost tonight. Come on, somebody ought to rejoice.
the Lord do it. Hallelujah. Anybody excited about God still filling people with the Holy Ghost? Speaking in other tongues as the Spirit of God gives the utterance? Just like it says in His Word? Mm. Praise God. Well, we're just thankful for this young lady being filled tonight. Praise God. My goodness. Woo! I love seeing people feel the Holy Ghost. Praise God. Oh, never gets old. People getting baptized in Jesus' name and filled the Holy Ghost, that's where it's at. And I'm thankful for it. Thankful that God will, you know what, the, the preaching of the Word brings faith. Faith comes by hearing. I think it was Paul in one place, he said it wasn't just with words, he said, but there was a demonstration of the power of the Spirit. And so that's what God does. It just opens up faith and that young lady's filled the Holy Ghost, filled with the Spirit of God tonight. Born of the Spirit. Praise God. That's wonderful, sis. God bless you. God bless you. I'm sure all these young folks have been probably talking to her and praying with her. And so, man, I tell you, I'm excited because I, I see a revival coming. I see a revival coming. It's happening. You never know. Invite your family, your friends, co-workers, school mates, whoever it is, man. Just uh, invite them because people need the Holy Ghost. They need to be baptized in Jesus' name. They need the Lord. Praise God. And God good all the time. Well, what a great service tonight. Looking forward to Sunday. Hey, we're going to be ready to see more people filled with the Holy Ghost. We're going to be ready, hey, to see people baptized in Jesus' name. Wash them sins away. God can do it. Amen. All right. We love you. God bless you. You're dismissed in the fear of the Lord.